All right, hello and welcome to the Raining in Ray podcast, a spin-off podcast of the Basic Bible Podcast. But unlike the Basic Bible Podcast, we try to show some self-control. I try to rein this guy in. But, Ray, <laughs> do you know who we don't rein in on this podcast? You? No. The listeners. Oh, the listeners. Because you guys can... Uh, see, I'm, I'm pretty clever with this right now. You are. You, are you guys so are not ranging at all because you can ask whatever questions mm. you want and then we're going to discuss that. So, I wasn't thinking along that line. I'm yeah, that's time a, and you're that's why, that's why the... That's why you're the, the man. I'm the host here. <laughs> yes. All right. So my first question this week comes from Tim Reed out in... I believe he's in Green Bay, Wisconsin. Formerly... Um, Go Packers! Formerly from Massachusetts, where Tim was one of my very early students. Oh, wow. And Tim is one of the few people on earth that can say that he had me as a principal. Oh, yeah. In a very short time, I was a principal. Uh, Tim was, our, uh, I think, our only high school graduate. No, no, we, sorry, we had two high school graduates. Oh, right okay. But anyway, so uh, Tim is, um, is involved in missions. And uh, right now it's kind of on hold with COVID, but uh, he has been in Ch- in China for several years teaching, and so um, he's back in Green Bay right now. Um, but he's asking this question. Yeah. Okay. So Tim, you 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 messages to us, and uh, we're going to answer it. Let me read the question. I'd like to know how do you suggest we respond to especially the young generation that believes and assumes as fact that we are all animals. The young generation has been given as fact that we are biologically similar to animals and that humans are nothing more than animals with tools. This obviously involves worldview, and I'd like to be a wise and gentle apologist not to attack their worldview, but to get them to question it. So, Ray, you are the Basic Bible Podcast expert on worldview. Oh, boy. Um, Professor Jewell, how would you answer this question? Well, um, I would say uh, the short answer is, yes, we are like animals, but, yes, we are also like God. Um, we're like animals because... You know, we have bodies that, we, you know, do things and that decay and that that really just, you know, um, we have some survival instincts. We do things that um, we don't want to do or whatever. You know, we, we exercise, we do stuff that animals do. Um, and so there, there's that, that we are. Um, on, a, on a similar plane with animals. Yet, we're also like God in that we are created in the image of God. And there, what that means is we have intelligence, though some uh, humans... Uh, try what are you to, trying to say about me? Try, try their hardest not to show it. Uh, but we have self-determination. We have creativity. We have... Uh, Several of the attributes of God, yeah, d- not perfectly, right. But because we're in His image, all of us are in His image. We have that. I mean, you know, even the worst person that's ever lived was created in the image of God, 
And unfortunately, you know, someone like Hitler, for instance, chose to use his God-given talent for evil instead of for God. Yeah. And, you know, and we all can fall into that trap when we become selfish with it and stuff. But you know, always remembering that we're a little bit lower than the angels. But in reality, Jesus didn't die for the angels. He died for us. Yeah. So uh, image of creating the image of God. Jesus died for everyone. Uh, you know, therefore, we all have um, respect or deserve respect. We may not all get respect, but we deserve respect. I mean, and this plays out into all kinds of relationships, all kinds of issues. If we approach everything from that perspective, that we're creating the image of God, that person that I'm having an issue with is creating the image of God, the people on the television screen that I don't agree with, they're creating the image of God. And there's all some kind of God thing that's there. It's, it's how they use it. It's whether or not they have a relationship with Jesus Christ. So how do you convince them of that? Some, maybe some more of a secular worldview who uh, may not even believe there, there, there is a God. Mm -hmm. And they're convinced, I, you know, there's not much difference between me and you know, the intelligent dolphin other than I have opposable thumbs and I can use different tools. How do you convince that person, no, you're more than just... An animal. Mm -hmm. well, that's you know, and that's always going to be the <laughs> sixty-four thousand dollar question, probably. Um, I think showing them love, you know, being willing to listen to their side of things, being willing to risk your faith in order to make a connection yeah. with the person as a person. Don't go in with the idea that, well, you're an atheist and you know what? You're down here and I'm up here. Right. That's not going to win anybody. To spend time with people of all belief structures that you can. I'm not saying that we have to go out and get involved with somebody halfway across the world. But in our own neighborhoods, our own towns, our own county, we have a diverse population here. And all kinds of different ways. And you know, and the thing is, we can afford to risk this because if we trust that God's going to be there with us and and help us in this, that's the, that's the main thing, I guess, is counting that, uh, trusting that God's going to give you the right thing to say. Yeah. Now, you want to study up as much as you can about a thing, about a, a belief system, a worldview. That's why, you know, I, I like to teach worldview studies because, you know, it helps uh, me to pick up pretty quickly where someone's coming from, yeah. for one thing. And, but then, you know, you have to be willing to take the time. And we, we live in a, such an instant gratification society that we don't want to take the time to share our lives, our, have them over for a meal, go back and forth. In a way that's you know you're you're not looking down at them, but where you're honestly just let's let's find out about each other. Yeah, and that's the place to start. So it's not going to be just one simple conversation. Oh, good grief, no. <laughs> um, some other things I would add, just um, you know, to point people in the right direction. I would think you know some of the things you even mentioned, just the idea of of, of self introspection, the idea. That I can even think about these things, and mm -hmm. it separates mm -hmm. me from 
just being a mere animal. Um, the idea of showing love toward other people. Mm-hmm. We don't see that in the animal kingdom. We saw, I mean, we see reproduction going on. Right. Um, yeah. But that's not a, a romantic uh, love, you know, even friendships, things like that. Right. Um, I, I would think all separate us from the animal kingdom. The fact that we have hopes and dreams and goals in life mm-hmm. separate us from uh, just simply doing what we are predisposed to do, acting on our instinct to to live a normal life. But we have hopes and aspirations and dreams and desires that have to be explored, or involve a lot of complexity that we just don't see in the animal kingdom. To me, I think it's, it's obvious. I mean, we have uh, right now we're sitting in a schoolroom. Mm-hmm. We're teaching. Um, that doesn't happen in the animal kingdom, where um, you know you don't see uh, packs of dogs getting together and talking about philosophy. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't we don't see that in those things. So I, I would mention some of those things. But as Ray said, it, it, it's it's. I think in any. I don't know who said this, so I'm going to take credit for saying it. <laughs> Love is the greatest apologetic. Yeah, well, um, I, I got that from somebody else. So <laughs> No, I'm taking credit for it. Because I don't know who said it, it might as well be Kevin Thompson. Write it down, meme it out. Love is the greatest apologetic. No, I, yeah, that, that, that's not from me. But um, I can't think of, I've read that somewhere. I can't remember but, who said that. Somebody um, told me the other time. But yeah, that. you're going to have to spend time with, with these people. And I, and I know, Tim, you, you do a lot. You, I yeah. know you invest a lot in their lives because you had a great teacher yourself one time. <laughs> and you've learned that example. Actually, I don't think I ever, I ever actually taught Tim. Yeah. Um, he was in a different, I never had him in the classroom. Well, I had him for chapel. And I think those chapels really changed his life. I bet. That's what got him <laughs> we, we, it's yet to be decided whether it was for the better or for the worse. <laughs> yes. All right. So next question comes from my oh, pastor. Man. And I know uh, you're, you're dreading this question, but I'm looking forward to it. Well, you're the political junkie. Yes, I am the political guy. <laughs> so Phil Allen, uh, who's who uh, we just recorded an interview with him. He's going to kick off our Apostles' Creed um, series. Lots of Christians approach a presidential election with a single lens, abortion. If a candidate expresses a pro-life position, that person becomes the candidate of choice, regardless of other potential considerations. What do you guys think of that? Well, I'll jump right in. You will, because then I might bounce off of you. (laughs) Okay, um, hopefully not literally, um, because that could be awkward. But, uh, yeah, I put a lot of thought into this because you know, my, my political views have somewhat moderated over the past couple of years. Um, and I struggle even with this election, I'll, I'll be honest, with Donald Trump, who is extremely pro-life when it comes to the issue of abortion. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, there's no, I, I, I had my doubts in 2016 that he would ever uphold a pro-life view. But he clearly has. And he's been consistent with it. You know, just in uh, earlier this year in January, I was in Washington, D.C. for the March for Life, and there he was, the first president ever in the history of our country, in the history of these marches, to, to attend. And uh, his, his speech was almost inspirational, mm-hmm. um, which was great. But then I look at, and this is where I'm going to get in trouble, I, I look at his foul mouth, his 
childish insults, um, the fact that we still have kids locked in cages on our Mexican border. And I understand it didn't necessarily originate with him, but he certainly has kicked it up a notch. Mm -hmm. And he certainly hasn't stopped it. Um, And so many other issues, his, uh, quite frankly, lying, his hubris, his arrogance. Um, I I have trouble supporting this guy. Uh, But when it comes to pro-life in in particular, I I would have to say, and this is going to make me sound like a liberal, and I've been accused of being a liberal because (laughs) of this, and Ray, you know that. Pro-life has to mean more than anti-abortion. Yes. Pro-life has to be pro-life all the way around. Mm-hmm. Um, in the womb and outside the womb. From womb to tomb, uh, we want to be pro-life. Mm-hmm. And um, that has to, and, and I would include that to mean, you know, I don't want to get involved in needless wars or endless wars. Mm-hmm. I don't want that. Uh, I, I think we need to support women who make the choice to have their children. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm very careful about, and, and again, I don't want government dependency, um, but I also don't want women to murder their children because they feel like they couldn't pay mm-hmm. uh, for that child. Yeah. And so, um, and, I, and I don't see enough churches stepping forward to help in those areas. I, I, I <clears throat> Ideally, uh, it'd be the job of the local church to step in yes. and to help these women um, but not a lot of churches are doing that. I say not a lot because there are certainly churches that are doing that. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, and there are family. And again, I think adoption is an important mm-hmm. part of that aspect as well. Um, so when it comes to being pro-life, I think we need to distinguish between pro-life and merely being anti-abortion. Mm-hmm. Now, that having been said, am I a one-issue voter? I do believe the issue of abortion is crucially important. Um but I always tell people I'm a, I'm not a one person voter. I'm an at least one person voter, meaning yeah. You mean I want issue? To, issue, yes. <laughs> you um, know, hopefully, you're just the yes. one person voter. <laughs> um, I wish I was the only person voting. I, I would get my way a lot more often. No, I'm a, I'm an at least a one issue voter, meaning I want you to have this issue of abortion right. But there are also other considerations we have sure. to factor into this, and I think we also have to factor in and. This is ironic, I think, when it comes to... I'm rambling on here. Uh, but you might have to rein me in. Yeah, well, it's not, um, it's not rare. <laughs> I, I think it, it, it's ironic that conservatives, who are supposed to be small government, anti-government almost, mm-hmm. um, are assuming that we can only solve abortion through government means. Yeah. Um, I don't think the, the executive... The chief executive in the federal government is the person who is most influential on the abortion issue. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you and I are. I think we are better served when we are reaching out to our communities, mm-hmm. talking with our neighbors, and showing love on these women who are pregnant and and worried about um, the ramifications of having a child. We need right. to walk through that with them. Yeah. I think that's far greater than... Um, the government just saying we're going to make a law against this. Mm-hmm. Not every solution comes from the government. Yeah. Um, and, and let's let's be honest. I don't know. Uh, I, I appreciate Donald Trump's sentiment on abortion. What he has said has been excellent. Mm-hmm. I appreciate some of the judges he has appointed to the federal bench. I think they have been great. I think they have been excellent. I, I love 
this Amy Comey Barrett, uh, Comey Barrett. I think she's going to do a great job. Um, but I don't think that's the most effective way. And the fact is abortions are coming down, even during the Obama administration. Mm-hmm. The number of abortions are coming down. And I think that's, that's a, a good sign. Mm-hmm. I think more people are becoming at least somewhat pro-choice. Now, many would carve out a, a different exceptions than I would. Um, but I think that there are, there are very few people who just want abortion on demand for any reason up until the time of birth. Um, so I think we, 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 I don't want to leave it to the federal government to have the most influential say. I think me teaching in, in my classroom about this issue, me reaching out to young women who are pregnant is the most effective way to hit this. Well, and so, even maybe the young gentlemen that got them pregnant. Yes. Well, yeah, I, we need to hold them accountable as well. Yeah. And so um, I don't want to just say, okay, i got two candidates. One is pro-life and the other is pro-choice. Therefore, I'm automatically with the pro-life um, without any other consideration. I think that's dangerous. I don't think that's right. Mm-hmm. Um, I want I de- my ideal candidate is number one pro choice pro life pro life <laughs> pro life I, I didn't mean to say pro choice wow um, some would say that's a Freudian such you, you really are liberal Kevin no I, I ideally my guy is pro life but there are certain circumstances where I think um, I, I could see voting for someone who is pro choice. Um, if they're good on other issues, or if that guy is just really, really bad. You know, if Hitler were pro-life, I wouldn't vote for him. Right. Um, so I don't think that issue alone can be. But I don't also I also don't want to minimize the issue either. Yeah. Um, I want someone who is pro-life. I want someone who is pro-life. I want someone who is anti-abortion. All right, Ray is trying to rein me in here, so I'm going to shut up now. Um, the, is there anything you want to add well, to that, Ray? The one One thing in particular... I used to be a staunch supporter of the death penalty, basically based on my understanding at the time. Um, you know, the death penalty is is not about pro-life because I mean, this person has taken life. Yeah. And so, but I was talking about this on a radio program that I was in charge. Of, my wife and I did a few years ago. With our buddy Gary Shields. Yeah. And Gary's take on it was really helped me open my eyes some. He said, yeah, I'm against the death penalty because it means they're still alive and they still have a chance to come to Christ. Hmm. And I'm like, you know what? That makes a lot of sense. It really did. And it helped turn my thinking around. And, And look at what the Bible has to say about things like justice and caring for the poor and doing all these things. Life is not just what's in the womb. It, it, right. it is that, but it's life around us too. And you know, we need to be caring more for each other. And try, I mean, just try to get rid of all the political garbage that's out there. And um, you know, just be a good neighbor. Yeah. And treat people with respect. I don't know if I've used this illustration on this program before or not, but I like it. Leo Tolstoy, the Russian novelist, was walking down in a street, and this man is a beggar. You know, he's obviously a beggar, and 
Tolstoy went up to him and he basically said, he said, brother, I don't have much money. And he said, you gave me the best gift of all. You called me brother. Yeah. And that's the kind of attitude we need to have with people because, you know, pro-life is not just about physical life. It's about mental life and it's about personhood and it's about all these other things that, uh, you know, we need to be willing to work together and to get our hands dirty and and interact with people we don't agree with. Yeah. And they don't certainly don't agree with us. So I think the pro-life movement needs to be at least anti-abortion mm-hmm. and certainly not at most anti-abortion. Mm-hmm. Um, so yes, I think I when I when I talk I talk to a lot of political candidates no. Um, yeah. I know not only talking. do you talk to them, you get your uh, photo ops with them. Yes, I do. <laughs> and that's of both parties. Uh, not, not even both parties. All parties. You Any, know, anybody um, who's running for an office. Yes. If, if you're a libertarian, if you're an independent, uh, I don't care. I'll talk to you if you're running for an office. Um, but I always ask. The number one question I ask is, is about abortion. Because it's an important issue to me. Um, it, 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 it is crucially important. I... I I, if they're not going to take a stance on that, that's a, that's a that's a mark in my book against them. Mm. So um, yeah, I, I I want to be pro life. I want to be I want to support kids who are pro life, uh, being anti abortion. But it needs to be more than that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm not going to automatically rule someone out, uh, although they've got a great deficit to make up um, if they are pro choice. Mm. Okay, I think we've answered that question. Now we go into something a little more controversial. How's the time? Um, we got a couple of minutes. Okay, we'll have time enough to answer this one. Yeah, um, <laughs> and I asked, you know, this is Casey Ellers. Casey is one of the pastors at Hope Free. We're getting some pastors here today. Um, ministry minded guys, missionary pastor, uh, another pastor, discipleship pastor here. Well, Casey yeah. Ellers over at Hope um, Evangelical Church here in uh, old down the street here in, in Roscoe, Illinois. Casey asked this question, and I think we might take up the rest of the broadcast talking about this. Um, did Adam have a belly button? Casey, I wasn't there, so I don't know. Are you sure? Because you look kind of old. <laughs> I, I knew you were going to go there, but I wasn't there, so I don't know. Um, Casey, I think it's hard to, to answer that question because in all the pictures I've seen of Adam and Eve, <laughs> they're all covered up with branches and leaves. So I don't know if it's hard. I don't know if we're ever going to know that. Okay, so we need to we need to check with the grandest person that had done anything painting wise, Michelangelo. Did he give the man the belly <laughs> button or not? Um, well, I think we need to ask. <laughs> On the Sistine Chapel ceiling, the greatest theologian when it comes to anything having to do with Genesis. Uh-huh. The man himself, Mr. Ken Ham. <laughs> um, okay, Ray, I, we, we, can't, we can't have expletives on the podcast, so please um, control yourself. Now, I actually like Ken Ham. I know Ray doesn't. Um, I, I'm, I, I like Ken Ham in general. Um, but uh, I've never met Ken Ham, so I can't tell if I like him or not. I just disagree with him. Yeah. I, I've met the man. Mm-hmm. Um, on a couple of different occasions, actually, um, Ken and I go. Wait, no, um, go way back. But you know, we were going to do. Uh, Join the 
You know, we we talked one time about going to Kentucky and and and, and uh, hosting a podcast at the Ark. Um, but uh, I think you talked about that. <laughs> well, I think we, we were planning a debate at one point. Uh, that that kind of fizzled out um, because Ray tested positive for COVID, and then we had to do. <laughs> It virtually, and then Ray okay, pulled out. Okay, it's time no, okay. to end this broadcast. All right, all right, all right. Because right, Kevin right. is starting to lie now. <laughs> all right, all right. Well, I think we do need to wrap things up here. So, and we've only got to half questions, so we're gonna we're gonna record another one of these and get to some of the, these other questions. So, um, don't forget <coughs> check out our Facebook group, Basic Bible Podcast, and um, join the discussions there. Uh, look for us on Instagram and Twitter at Basic Bible Cast. And again, the uh, I think by the time this episode airs, the the YouTube page will be up. So oh. just Google uh, or, or search for Basic Bible Podcast in YouTube, and I'm sure you'll find some of our videos out there. So until next time, have a great rest of your week.